Hey everyone, Halise here. I just wanted to get into this disclaimer real quick before we get into this episode of the podcast. We are not real estate lawyers. We are not realtors. We are not contractors. We are not inspectors. We are not well-versed in anything that has to do with home buying, trading, home acquisitioning, <laughs> contracting, <laughs> anything. We are just two regular, regular people that purchased their first home and learned a lot. <laughs> Um, And so the hopes for this podcast episode is just to try to equip you with everything we did wrong um, in the hopes that you'll have a better home buying process than we did and yeah, just be better for it. So we are not any type of licensed professional. We just out here, fam, (laughs) trying to help y'all out. Uh, So yeah, disclaimer done. Thank you for watching, subscribing if you're new and or listening if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app. And let's get into this episode. See ya. I'm Halise, a digital storyteller and video producer. And I'm Mr. Halise, killer of air plants. Oh, we bought a new air plant. That's where that came from. Because this I one, the last one will not die. And this is the Stumblewell podcast. <laughs> we renamed the podcast because the uh, Beastcast is already a podcast and it's really popular. So we were not very searchable, so we changed it to StumbleWell, which I think actually kind of shows what we're actually doing here on this podcast, which is like, life's a journey, we're stumbling, we're sharing that with y'all. Do we have introductory music now, still? It'll be the same music. Roll the music. So in this episode of StumbleWell, we're going to talk about a few things that we think you should consider, think about, maybe meditate on before you buy probably your first house. If you've already bought a home and maybe you're going a second one, you already in this. You already know what you're doing, so on and so forth. Um, but we're going to try to give you a few things to consider, if you will, when buying your first home. For those of you who don't know, we had a very epic home buying, first home buying experience it was one for the books. I would call it a failure. Definitely a failure. I would things were learned. Many things were learned. But it was similar to stepping on... It's like if the road to life was paved in Lego bricks. That's what the home buying process was like in 2018. You should actually... That should be That's the subtitle a, of this. <laughs> the road to life <laughs> is paved <laughs> with Lego bricks. If there was a way to shorten that and make that the title or the name of the bo- like the podcast of like life is Lego bricks, I don't know. Anyway, the, the road is paved with Lego bricks. Yeah, travel at your own peril. <laughs> Stumble well. <laughs> Stumble over the Lego bricks. So to give just like a brief, quick recap, we purchased our first home in December of 2017. Yep. We quickly realized within the first 48 to 72 hours of living in that home that. It was not livable. That's what happened with that. We ended up having to live with my parents while we sued the seller over the course of 2018. And now in 2019, we settled that lawsuit and now live here in a lovely, it's basically a studio. They'd like to call it a one bedroom, but it's basically a studio. There's a door and a wall (laughs) separating. Yeah. That's celebrating. Celebrating the bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. And we're picking our lives back up. So through the course of going through all of that, we've learned a few things and we want to share them with y'all. Can you even afford a house though? Question mark. Yeah. Even? Even though? (laughs) 
Yes. Can you? And the thing I would really stress is your down payment should not also be your emergency fund. Make sure that if you're getting an FHA loan or a conventional loan, both of which have different down payment requirements, that you're not actually dipping into a safety net that you've built for yourself. If you don't actually have a safety net, you maybe shouldn't be buying a home because... Once you pay all that on the down payment, and even then the down payment is not the full amount that you pay at closing. So there's fees you pay for the realtor. Maybe the seller pays for the realtor. I don't quite know, but like there's, there's additional fees, there's processing stuff, and everything amounts to more than just the down payment. Sometimes that can be lumped in to um, your monthly payment anyway or the, the total like capitalized amount. Yeah, the total um, mortgage. Right. It's it's just squirreled into or rolled into the mortgage payment. And something else to think about too, when you are saving for a home, which and we'll get into this even more, but your down payment again isn't your emergency fund, shouldn't be, but also your down payment isn't the only thing you're actually saving for to buy a home. You're also needing to save for the actual home buying process, which we will get into, which is oh, like okay. optioning the home. That costs money. That's not the down payment. Optioning. Yeah, remember when we basically you pull the house off the market, so then you can start the inspection oh, right. process. Remember Does that, that get rolled into the down payment? No, we oh, pay for that. Oh, that's an additional that. amount. Yeah, <laughs> well, oh, that was a second. No, I just remembered. How did you remember that? Because I remember when I have to sign a thousand dollars or more to something. I <laughs> am. Uh, <yeah. laughs> so depending on the value of the home, you have to option it when you take it off the market, and that's usually like ten percent. Uh, I think it was a little bit less than that. It was less than that. It was like 1% maybe. There you go. Um, yeah, I added a zero. 1% of the value. Let's say that I don't need the emergency fund. You're a person who Murphy's Law has never touched. You're a person who nothing wrong has ever come into their life. Yeah. Um, and you pay your down payment, which again can be anywhere between, you know, any percentage and 3.5%, which I think is the lowest amount that you can pay on an FHA loan, unless you're a veteran, which I think is 0% down. It's, yeah, it's like super, I don't know if it's zero, but it's like super duper low. Anyway, and then with the down payment, um, if you're not paying enough, if you don't pay the 20%, then I think it's the mortgage, is it the mortgage company that pays, or that asks you to pay for, or they don't ask you, it's not polite, they just lump it in, so it's the um, the mortgage like insurance. Oh, no, the mortgage no, yeah, insurance. mortgage insurance, you're right, yeah, so which is pay- different from homeowner's insurance, which most right. mortgages, you have to have some kind of homeowner's insurance, so... So if you pay less than 20% down, then you um, are considered, you know, like a trashy buyer. Yeah. And you have to be insured. Mm -hmm. And so you are paying for the insurance. So if you pay less than 20%, then there's that. But let's say you pay the full down payment and you buy the home and all that other good stuff. And then, I don't know, the roof starts leaking. And it's not covered by homeowner's insurance. Because insurance is thing, you buy insurance in the event that something goes wrong, but... Not everything is covered by home insurance. Mm -hmm, So you always need to uh, prepare for the inevitable. Right. Or the unexpected. Right. Which is something I think if you're renting that you don't necessarily have to factor in. Us renting this apartment, the air conditioner started leaking randomly. All we had to do was call the landlords or the people that own this property and they came out and fixed it, which is like... And it's free. That's the beauty of renting. When things go wrong, you don't have to worry about trying to figure out a contractor. And I think that's a different video, though. Maybe. Sorry. So, yeah. That moves on. That's a great segue, which it isn't, to the next point. What's your motivation for buying a house? Mm, this is the meaty one for me. Is it? Yeah. 
Okay, I can actually, this actually is a good, like, let's go personal, if you will. Because for me, I actually don't care to own property. And I already kind of knew that for the most part going in, just mm -hmm. because I value freedom above most other things. So I value being able to quickly and easily break a lease and move somewhere if a new opportunity presents itself. Apparently However, I'm all about that now too, maybe. <laughs> right, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, but I knew it was something that you wanted and I also love being with you, so it was kind of like, all right, let's do this. So why did I want to buy a home? Because yeah. I bought into the, ooh, it's not a lie and it's not the myth, but it's the, it's a thing that everybody says. So it's the age old adage of, you know, why are you wasting money on rent? Right. You could be paying towards equity on the house or something. I, and also just having our own thing. Yeah. I think a lot of it was, I want our own thing. Yeah. Buying a traditional home or buying something in suburbia or, or whatever, having something was not always the goal of like American families or any family here in the United States. Commonly, it just kind of got built up in post-World War II. Oh, really? World War II. Yeah. Did I oh. say that right? Yeah, that's, those well, are I mean, words. If you think about all the, like, the cookie-cutter homes, and that's not necessarily the case now, even though it is commonplace. Hmm. So you don't need to own a home, but a lot of people feel like they need to. What is the true meaning behind you wanting to buy a house? Yeah. If it makes sense to you, and it's your reality, that's fine. But I just kind of want you to look into your heart and... Like, think about why it is you want to buy something. Because you also have to remember, this is, for most people, at least here in the United States anyway, this is going to be the most expensive thing you ever buy. Even if you sell this and upgrade to another house, then that house becomes the most expensive thing you've ever bought. Right. And it's a very long-term commitment that you shouldn't take lightly. And I think it's also important to make sure that you're, similar to what you're talking about, is that you do it for the right reasons and no one will know what those right reasons are but you um whether it be because i know a lot of people feel like they need to buy a house because they have children and that becomes a thing like oh we've had kids when you buy a house they need a yard all that kind of stuff which i hear the I, I see the value in that sure. but i remember for us when we were starting to maybe consider having kids or something to that nature and we were living in an apartment it was kind of like i mean the kid isn't gonna need a yard at least until they're five, like maybe three. Right. So for the coordination next coordination of fine right. and gross muscle <laughs> skills. So really, you know, and that's counting the pregnancy itself. That's another almost year. So it's like, really, I can live in an apartment for the next three years and then get the house, you know? So it's just kind of, you need to just really, yeah, think about why you're making this large purchase. Are you doing this to show off to other people? Are you doing this because your parents have told you that you should? Which, by the way, if your parents are trying to like tell you about buying a home and they have not purchased a home since before the economic downturn of 2008, take what they say with a grain of salt. Right. Because it is significantly different now getting a mortgage and buying a home than it was before the economic downturn. <laughs> but I want to I want to buy a home because I built instant equity into paying for it. Well, mm, do you? Do you though? <laughs> Probably what? 80% for the most part depending on the length of your loan. It's 15 or 30 or whatever. Most of the payment, most of the mortgage payment per month is interest. How yeah. much interest you say? 
our home loan was, or I guess our mortgage payment per month was about 1200 Yeah, which is very affordable for sure. us. Sure, but how much of that was going towards the principal balance on the loan? Oh, man, I don't, you were the one that looked at it. It was like $200. Um, and that, and the thing, that's like not weird with the beginning of right. a loan for a mortgage. That's not weird to be doing that. And the other thing to think about, too, is this idea of like ownership. I know a lot of people will mention, oh, I want to own a home because I want to own my own thing. And the reality is, is like you don't actually own it. The bank owns it. The bank owns the land and they own the house. Once you pay it off, you'll own it, but you don't own it. So if something goes wrong... The bank can come and kick you out of this house that you own and change the locks on it and make it so you can't get in. <laughs> so Now, I mean... Speaking from experience. True. <laughs> but you... No, now, you can't... Let's say you, you pay, you know, a couple years worth of mortgage payments and you've accumulated some equity. So, yeah, you can sell the house. You pay the bank everything that you owe mm-hmm. that's remaining on the house from the sale. And then you earn, you earn, you've earned some equity, and that's that's fine. Yeah, I hope that happens. Sure. I pray that happens for yes. you. Um, I pray that. But for I mean, you. how much? How much did you truly make off of that sale? So, depending on the source, home prices um, appreciate. You know, three to six percent. So, I mean, even if you're just making the payments, you're saying, you know, I'm I'm still making money on the house. True. Um, depending on the financial expert that you ask, you put your money into you know, a mortgage fund or an index fund uh, that averages about what? The 10-year averages of the S&P is about it's like seven, seven, seven to 10% depending. Yeah. So that's even more. So you could have just squirreled your money away and you would have, you know, had a higher return on investment. Granted, you would still be paying what you're renting on top of saving. You know? But for, like, it, it makes sense like, I understand the argument of, well, we're paying to own. Yeah. Because the same money that you're spending, we actually get something out of it, which is true. Mm-hmm. Long term. Long term. But I mean, again, so you're, you're paying to get something out of it. But at the same time, the lion's share is interest. So the lion's share is what you're paying towards the bank. Right. For um, them to give you the money. I feel like the best way to buy a home, but this is something that most people probably can't do, is to buy a house in cash. Because then it's yours. Right. But like, who's doing that? But don't listen to... Rich people. If people are pushing you into like, why are you wasting money on renting? It's like, you could just do X, Y, and Z. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're still not living in a ton of debt, you can rent. You can do whatever you want. If you want to lease a vehicle, you can. If you want to own the vehicle, you can. It's like arguments can be made either way. Right. And it really is like, it really is hard for anyone to tell you what's the right decision for you. You really because just they are not you because they're not you and they don't know your life. They don't know your long term goals. You, they don't know your lifestyle goals. Um, I know for to get off of the house a little bit. But, you know, for me, I drive a hoopty because I don't care about cars. I don't care about the impression that cars give to people. I don't care about just having the latest and greatest or anything like that. What I do care about is not having a car payment. I love that. I love not owing entities money just to give you an idea like i'm prioritizing what actually matters to me but still making sure that i can live a fulfilled life based on what i actually want right the same can be said for home townhouse condo however you want to live figure it out yeah i no longer care either i mean i did but i no longer care about 
owning versus renting. You think so? I'm d- I'm just sick of neighbors. That's what I am. Yeah. We That's don't necessarily have to own something to get rid of neighbors. We right. just have to rent a house again. There you go with that. The next one, trust but verify. So getting back into, this is actually something that when we were in the process of suing the seller and building up a case for that, we ended up going to a structural engineer to prove certain things about the house. And this was something that he told me that I was like, wow, that pretty much sums up all of our home buying process. Trust, but verify. Realtors. <laughs> we didn't have a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, advice about realtors that I can give is if you don't feel comfortable, like there's a certain level of just non-comfort that you feel with someone new, right? The, you just got to like feel them out and just, just vibe. It's a vibe, right? But if you just... I'm a big proponent of follow your gut. If there's something about this person that is just not going well with you or sitting well with you, get another one. Just start fresh. Remember, you don't need a house. You probably just want a house. Right. So take your time. Find a realtor that like, you feel good with. You remember Tina? Yeah. She was a realtor she in Austin. She was so cool. We she, don't, yeah. she passed. She passed away. She was an amazing realtor that we had in Austin and we if we hadn't moved here to San Antonio like we probably would have bought something with her but so what did what did she do that made it seem like she was so amazing there were a few houses that she would take us to go look at and we didn't even get to go in because we were like well I mean this she's like nope and like swerved us out she's like I see too many no I'm not even gonna let you know but even and even in that we would ask but why or I would ask but, but why, like, what do you, what did you see? And she said, well, I saw this and this and this and this and this and all that's going to be way too much. We'll just move. Yeah. Yeah. On to something else. And so you just. Experience. Yeah. Um, Find someone who's been in the game for a while. Unlike our realtor. He was. I'm really fighting saying his name. <laughs> you would edit it out anyway. If y'all need a realtor in San Antonio, I'll tell you who not to go to. This is so messy. Yeah, try to it's find garbage. a find. find wow, I'm still angry. Ooh. Oh, I'm always gonna be angry. Okay. Find a realtor who you trust, who's been in the business for a while. Low key, uh, the realtor, the amazing realtor, we got to short sale the house. Would yeah, recommend her, but she's been in it for a minute. Like she's your favorite grandma, straight up. Unless you build houses for a living yeah. or you're a realtor yourself and you know what to look for. Right. Remember that you're placing your trust into a stranger, really. If it's not a realtor with just that understands the value of playing the long game and helping you through a process and stumbling with you through that process, right. then they're going to just try to get try to get you to buy something um, and kind of stress you out about it. You know, the thing that was really great about Tina, again, was that she acknowledged that we don't know anything. This is our first home buying experience. And so we would go into each house and it was basically a lesson. Every house we went to with her was a lesson of just like, here are things to consider. Yeah, you could do this if you want. The cons of that are this, the pros of that are this. She wasn't right. trying to make us make a decision on our own necessarily. Um, so who's the other person that you should trust? Yes. But verify. Yes. Verify because you are trusting. Right. The inspector. So 
remember that inspectors aren't necessarily, so actually here in the state of Texas, for example, an inspector doesn't actually need to be someone who has been a contractor in their life, so building and working on homes. As long as they just pass the test, they can be an inspector. So they can just have the book smarts yeah, and pass? but not the street smarts, mm. if you will. So in general, try to find an inspector that has experience being a contractor. What I've noticed is that usually most contractors, uh, if they've been in the game for a long time, then when they retire, they become inspectors. And you want those people to look at the house because they're really going to rip it (laughs) (laughs) and be really thorough, hopefully, ideally, on their report. And anything that they bring up or question, you should then follow through and verify. So right. if an inspector does not necessarily have the experience in every system in the house. Mm-hmm. So if an inspector says, there's something weird on the roof, I would have it checked out. Guess what you're going to need to be doing? Getting it checked out. By Having a, a roofer. roofer. Yeah. Oh, is there something weird with the plumbing? It flushed, but there was some weird stuff, so I would have that checked out. You're going to get a plumber yeah. because they do not know every system. Right. They just They know just enough to give you a grade on the house as a whole. And the thing about inspectors too is that, again, since they don't necessarily have to be from a specialty contracting field and just be retired from that, for example, you know, they can be essentially jack of all trades, master of potentially none. Or some. Or some. So this is what we were talking about again before with can you actually afford a home? Because in the buying process, you're going to need to spend money to confirm that this thing that you're buying that is the most expensive thing you've probably bought and will ever buy is good and a sound investment. And if it's not, so that way you can go to the negotiating table knowing exactly why it's not or go to the negotiation table like happy that you've gotten something that is sound and works well. Mm -hmm. Even if the inspection shows nothing, that doesn't mean, again, because they're looking over, like generally in the house as a whole, they're not looking at everything in depth. So just because it's not on the inspection doesn't mean that you're in the clear on the house. There could still be, you know, really old pipes. There could still be really bad wiring. There could still be a giant rat's nest covering like half the wall. You Mm -hmm. don't know. And the other thing to think about, too, again, with getting an inspection done, I remember so distinctly like going through the inspection with the inspector and him constantly saying, if you have questions, jump in, being super annoyed that we didn't have questions. And it was just one of those things or that we had very few questions. And it was just one of those things like, I don't know what I don't know. Right. So I'm sure there are things I should be asking you but I don't know what they are, so I'm just listening to you talk about everything. And then if something sounds weird to me, I'm like, expand. (laughs) But I've never owned a home, so I don't know anything about this, you know? Part of that was our naivete. Yeah, for sure. Part of that's on us. Yes, But the other part of it is, if you ain't never owned a home... Why would you know? Right. (laughs) Oh, you know, this wiring is actually kind of weird. I don't, I never, I've never done electrical work. Right. The shingling and all that other stuff. All the stuff that I learned from the house itself. Oh my gosh. Oh, so what type of roof is it? I know so much about roof, everything. Initially, <laughs> I didn't even know. But guess what type of roof it was on that flat, that flat A thing. <laughs> it was modified bitumen. What's modified bitumen, you might ask? <laughs> I can tell you, but it's going to be boring. But it was not suitable for a flat roof. 
and the same thing with different plumbing pipings now i know so much about yeah i know so much about roofing i now when i'm walking through a neighborhood i can like look at a roof and be like that roof is five that roof is 10 yep that roof's 20 they should really put a new one like i'm really good at stuff now if i walk into any office building any building any structure in general i can like spot stuff now and that's that's i think that's the last person that you need to trust but verify is yourself true so if you are entering into this negotiation for buying this really expensive thing that is probably the most expensive thing that you will own as of up until now Mm -hmm. you should be all up in that thing yeah you can't be hands off right this is kind of weird let me pitch let me write it down and pitch it to the inspector or This also looks weird. This is questionable. And also, if you don't have experience and you don't know what to look for, then guess who you probably need to bring along to the inspection? Somebody who knows what they're looking for. Right. So maybe you got friends that build stuff. I know it can possibly be stressful, but maybe mom and dad can come. Mom or dad. Well, so somebody who can, somebody who knows, well, who's some, like gone through it themselves or right. like knows what to do. Yeah, somebody who has purchased a few homes um, and has made mistakes and so they can help protect you from those same mistakes. Um, again, this idea of you don't probably need a house, you probably just want one. And so oh, keep that good. in mind when you go into your negotiations. Um, don't go into it with this feeling of like, it's fight or, you know, fight or flight, I got, we've, we're coming down to the wire, the lease is about to be up on right. the place we're renting, what we finna do. All of those things, none of those things matter. If it is not looking like the right type of deal for you in your life and where you're at, there will always be more houses. Houses aren't going anywhere. Guess what happens if your lease is coming up or expiring and you said that you were moving out? You can go month to month with most places. Right. Tell them or just tell them, never mind. Can I do a six month? Can I do a three month? Or just re-up. Right. Everything's a negotiation until someone explicitly says it's not. Yep. So... Don't make any assumptions about your situation. And again, protect yourself. If it makes more sense for you to ask your leasing office to go month to month or three months while you figure out this negotiation so you don't feel stressed and you don't buy into something, again, that can potentially mess up your credit, (laughs) mess up your entire life situation, then do that. You have to go into every negotiation. And this is like negotiating in general. You have to go into it with this understanding that none of this matters, really. Right. And an offshoot of that is in buying a car or in buying a house, don't fall in love with it. Yeah. Because oh, definitely. then you feel pressure to buy it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because, like you said, you can walk away from it. Right. There will always be more houses. And it's way, it makes way more financial sense to bite the bullet and yeah, maybe you spent a thousand couple, potentially a couple thousand dollars on inspections and all the stuff and optioning the house and all that. You have to walk away. That's the price of wanting to buy a house. So again, coming back to can you afford it or not, I would rather you be out two grand or three grand or five grand and then walk away from something that wasn't right for you than be out however much that house would have cost. Because you can walk away at any point in the contract process up until you sign. Right. You can just drop it like a dead cat yeah. and say, I don't want it. And there, 
people are annoyed, but that's on right. them. And there is still like a contract clause where you lose out on the money that you put down to hold the home. Right, the option. You're going to lose right. the option. But who cares? Right. Right. And it's I know it's a time commitment. I know a lot of few people feel pressure, and I know a lot of people invest a lot of their lives, I mean, a significant portion of the year or whatever, looking for homes. This isn't the right one. This isn't the right one. That doesn't have a big enough yard. I don't like the fittings that are in here. I don't like whatever. And you finally find what seemingly looks like the right house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's perfect or not. Like if there's, if there are things that make you uncomfortable with the, the negotiation or with the bargaining process, you just need to walk away. You should know that you are empowered to leave that right. process. Yeah, totally. And I will say that was something for us that, you know, I think Tina did a better job of this too than the realtor we had here in San Antonio, but also just making sure, I think there was, remember there was one point when we were looking at houses here in San Antonio where I said, I wonder if what we actually want is above our price range. And that's why we're not seeing houses that within our price range that we like, you know? And we actually, that actually was a thing because we did, we finally did. We added another what fifty seventy five thousand. It was almost like a hundred. Yeah, it was almost like a hundred thousand. When we just upped it, all of a sudden we started seeing houses that it's like, oh yeah, I could totally work with this. And yeah, sure, it needs some paint or whatever, but I can. This is what I can get into. So but it was that one of those didn't things. stop us. Right. It was one of those things where it's just like we should just wait and save more money. We right. can't actually afford the type of house that we want. So, again, have those hard conversations with yourself about what you can actually afford. And if those things are not aligning, maybe you need to take a step back and just acknowledge that this is where you're at in your life. Yep. The other thing is if you are going to buy a home that has been flipped or even a home that has had major work done. So foundation, the roof, something like that. Here in Texas, you have to have a building permit to do those types of things. And so for us, what we ended up realizing too, which is again tied into the whole lawsuit situation that we had was we pulled the permits to see, okay, they should have, this is a flip. They should have pulled permits for the plumbing. They should have pulled permits for this, that, and the third. And they had pulled them, but they never closed them. Well, so, and what happened with that was you, let's say you go to a contractor and you say, can you, I want to add this. I want to add this to the house. And they say, oh, okay, great. Um, if you want to do that, it's going to cost this amount. And what they, what the contractors do is they just pull the permit because they just, they are already planning on getting the job. Mm-hmm. And so at any point, the person who's paying them can say, oh, no, 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 no. That's way too expensive. We're not going to do it. And so the contractor doesn't necessarily close that permit. They just, it just, ha- like, it just kind of gets swept under the rug. Right. So what happened with with this flipper was they asked somebody for a quote. It was too high because they were cheap. Mm -hmm. And so that permit just never got done. And they just got it done because they knew people who could get it done. Yeah. And that's actually a tall tale sign. Again, if you see, if you pull permits for a house and they're just open still, and it's been however long since they started, and you can see that they completed the project, but the permits are just still open, at least here in the state of Texas. I'm sure it's different for every state. Just with flips, it's just check for cost cutting. Yeah. If they're using, if some of the fittings aren't right, if the door frames or the door jams look weird or the fencing looks kind of jacked up, anything 
you just need to go over with a fine tooth comb and say, did they actually buy this from the Home Depot or from like a home supply store or whatever? Or did they just kind of manufacture it from, you know, spare parts? Right, right. As we conclude. (laughs) In conclusion. Right. I don't want y'all to be afraid to buy a house. If you're at this point watching this video, you're probably in the process somewhere of buying one. Just know that we went through like all the fail safes that exist in home buying today. Somehow we didn't even get, we didn't get them. Somehow that happened to us. And so what we're trying to do is just impart everything that can possibly go wrong. Just let you know. Because it did. For us. But that doesn't necessarily mean it'll happen for you. We just want you to go into this process just feeling confident-ish. I think you should have a little bit of fear because it is a lot of money. But right. feeling confident that you've dotted your I's and crossed your T's. So that way when something inevitably does go wrong, you don't blame yourself. Because that is something that we went through a lot. And still, I think, go through. Which, and part of it was, again, des- we were deserving of that blame. Like there was, there were aspects of the buying process that we could have been a lot better at. Right. But we would rather you just be aware mm-hmm. of the things that can go wrong. Right. Um, because I would rather you be prepared than have your credit damaged, be out thousands of dollars, and not be able to sleep in that house and have to live either in, under somebody else's roof or under an like an overpass or in a homeless shelter or in your car. Right. I mean, these are all things that can go wrong and you should just be prepared because yeah, life happens. Life happens. In the comments below, share your experience on your home buying, um, especially if you've owned multiple homes. I feel like homes are like children. No two children are the same, you know? So share your experiences, knowledge, sharing in the comments. We need that. Forever and always. Yeah. Um, and I'll let Mr. Alice close us out. Stumble well, stumble on, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.